Hello, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, listeners. I apologize for the little over a month of lack of updates. There have been many things that God has been teaching us in this last few weeks, and as I learned this, I tried to think of how to put them together for you. And even now, I don't feel confident, but I feel that I must do what I feel God wants me to do. And I want to thank you for the encouragement that you has given me. I know that even when we did not update the podcast, I could still see new listeners coming in and liking it enough that they stayed on and they subscribed to the channel. I hope that. The episodes have blessed you, and I want to let you know that your actions have also encouraged me. I feel that I can understand how you feel. That even in this kind of situation, there's a lot of uncertainties in the economy and in what's happening around us. But I see that there are many remnant that you're not willing to give up. And you know that God is in control, and you believe, even though you don't understand it, you believe that God has a plan for this, and there is something for you to do. There is a meaning for you to all this. And I want to affirm, and I want to encourage you that indeed God does. What we see in the world are the signs of the distressing things that are happening. But there are a lot more things happening in the spiritual realms that we did not see, but in the world we see the signs reflected. And I want to let you know that you and I, we live in a very special time frame, a time frame of tremendous changes. That you know that something is happening, even though you do not know what is happening. But you can feel the agitation. You can feel the tension. There is something that I want to say before we go into our lesson. I see that there are many Christians that are discomforted by what is happening, and it's very easy to panic, especially at this time. It's very easy to let your emotions get better of you, and you are swept up. And you feel afraid, and you feel displaced. But I want to encourage you, those of you who are of the true remnant of God, you know that we should not panic. You know that we should not become extreme, because how we act and how we behave in this hour, you can be sure that non-Christians are looking at us. They are seeing the quality of our faith. Whether true, whether real, whether is it the same as all others? If you have the true Christ in you, before you panic, you will go to Him. Before you ask your friends or your neighbors or your family, and all of you are talking about what to do, you will first consult Jesus on what He wants you to do. So I just want to tell you that I know it's not easy. I know it's very stressful. I know that you are struggling some days, but I want to tell you that now is the time for the quality of your faith to be tested. 
when the pressure arounds you get more, what you need to do is to go deeper into God, into Jesus. Your deep relationship with Jesus will give you an oasis of calmness, of peace, and of stability. Do you understand what I'm saying? Perhaps worse times than this are coming, but if you do not stand on Jesus, you will not stand at all. Now we're going to go into our session. I feel that God has want me to start a new series on the end days, and I want to be honest with you. And I know that He has been revealing bits and pieces. But to ask me to actually put it in a session, a message, and share with others, frankly, I don't feel that I'm qualified to do this. But I know that God wants me and many others to talk about the insights that He has given us Christians on this season, this current climate. So I'm gonna try my best to share with you what I learned, and I'm going to make sure that I check. The things that I share, so that we have some accountability. But I know that many people, whether Christians or non-Christians, they will be looking for answers. They will be trying to understand what is happening in the world around them, and that is why we need to understand what God tells us Christians about the end days in the Bible. I do not have all the answers. I'm not an expert. But I only have a heart that loves God, and a sincerity and an openness to learn from God, and to share with you, so that it will edify you, and you can go on and take it even further than me and understand this more. So, are we ready to start? Today's teaching is taken from Daniel seven, and I'm reading from the Geneva Bible, Daniel seven verse one. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babel, Daniel saw a dream, and there were visions in his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and declared the sum of the matter. Daniel spoke and said, "I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea." One diverse from another. The first was as a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and set upon his feet as a man, and a man's heart was given him. This is our Bible reading for today, and we're going to look at the first of the four beasts. That Daniel saw in his vision. If you look at Wikipedia, during the Bible times, the Great Sea refers to the Mediterranean Sea. I'm not sure whether you know where's the location. If you do a Google Maps search on it, you'll be able to find the location of the Mediterranean Sea. It is surrounded on the below. It is countries like Morocco, Algeria. Libya, Egypt, all the way surrounding Israel, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, Turkey, and on the top of it, it is surrounded by Portugal, Spain, France, Italy, Greece, 
Turkey. If you're interested, you can go and look for photographs of that location. It's beautiful. Daniel saw four great beasts that came up from the sea. Each of these were diverse, differ from each other. This refers to the four kings, and also the four types of kingdoms that will come. In Daniel's time, he had witnessed the rise of the first kingdom, which is the Babylonian Empire, and his prophesizing about the future three other kingdoms that will arise. Today, we're just going to look at the first kingdom. The first kingdom was described as a lion, but it's not just any lion; it is a lion with eagle's wings. You do know the story of Daniel. You knew that when he was a teenager, because Israel was conquered by the Babylonian Empire, Daniel and his friends were taken away by conquest to Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar is the greatest king in the Babylonian Empire, and even in history today, if you do a search on it. You will be able to find archaeological evidences, museum artifacts that depicted King Nebuchadnezzar as a lion with eagle wings. Some of these drawings and portraits are on display in museums around the world, like the British Museum. Apparently, King Nebuchadnezzar has referred to himself as a lion with eagle's wings, and has decorated his palace with statues and motifs of this mythical lion. Look at how the Bible describes the Babylonian Empire. It's ferocious as a lion, the king of the jungle, but it's not just an ordinary lion. It's not only ferocious. And powerful and dynamic, it also has supernatural eagle's wings, which depicts the foresight, the power, and the dominance and the swiftness of the Babylonian kingdom. In fact, King Nebuchadnezzar was such an outstanding king of his time that he even built the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And it is this powerful empire that the Bible talks about in the book of Daniel. Look at how the Bible describes this secular empire. Daniel beheld that the wings were plucked off. This shows that the height of the Babylonian empire was during King Nebuchadnezzar's time, but over the span of the empire, especially towards. The end of the empire. Daniel lived all this time. He started out as a teenager, and he lived all the way to the end of the empire during the time of King Belshazzar. He was an old man by then. During King Belshazzar's time, the empire was no longer as powerful as before. Its wings were plucked off, and it says that. The lion was lifted up from the earth, and it was set upon his feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to him. It shows that the weak and the declined state of the empire has now a man more like an ordinary man 
than a mythical lion. Are you amazed by what the Bible says and predicts and prophesies about secular kingdoms? This is only the first part. In the subsequent episodes, we're going to look at the second, the third, and the fourth beast. Where is this all leading us, you may ask? You know that the things of the Bible must be studied in tandem. You know that the Bible doesn't contradict any of it. As we study and understand the prophecies in Daniel, it will help us in the future to understand the prophecies in the book of Revelations. If you have never studied the Bible in this way and you're interested in this, you find it interesting. I encourage you, after listening to the episode today, why don't you go and check it out, what I've shared with you. Go and read up on the secular history books. Go and look at the pictures and the diagrams. What I told you about the Mediterranean Sea, the weak lion of Babylon, go and look up the pictures. You must understand that our God is a God that is fully in the current affairs of the world. He's not dislocated from the world. And as we understand the past, the study of the past history, the present going to the future, and you will understand the full span of the dynamism of the Bible. I'm going to leave you with this. I know it's not enough and you're probably asking for more. I encourage you to go and do your own research. Go and find out more. We got to fall in love with the end days revelations of God because it's so relevant to us. This is the end of our podcast. We will encourage each other as we support each other.